Welcome in, everyone, to another episode of Please Bear With Me with your host, Travis Corley. And your Bears have defeated the Oklahoma Sooners in back-to-back years. The Bears becoming bowl eligible, something that some of us thought might not happen after that West Virginia loss, me being one of those people. But man, we have won three straight games. We are rolling at this point, and we've got the toughest three-game stretch probably in the nation coming up for a chance to return to Arlington. And here to talk about it, Blake Blackmar, former Baylor offensive lineman. We're going to break it all down for you, so please bear with me. gentlemen help me welcome former Baylor offensive line Blackmar barbecue on YouTube Sikkim 365 tailgate chef and of course your Don of the Baylor meat mafia <laughs> Blake Blackmar what is up dude what's going on man pumped to be here hey I'm, I'm glad you're here we, we try to get you in once a year and uh, couldn't think of a better time to get you on now that this offensive line is is rolling three yeah. straight weeks. Just you love pretty, to see it. Oh yeah, you love to see it. Just a, a dominant performance on the on the ground these past three weeks. Um, but hey, I, I first got to bring up this breakfast fatty that you did on the YouTube channel. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh my goodness, I, I couldn't believe my eyes. Yeah, I've been trying to come up with a better name for it, but. It just kind of, you know, you just got to call it, call it what you see it, you know, <laughs> call it as I see it. Basically, that's a, that's something that I've been playing with for a while. And I by no means invented it. You know, it's something I you see on Instagram every once in a while. You're like, dang, that looks crazy. And then you think about it and it's really easy to make. And so, uh, and you can kind of dress it up or dress it down, but essentially you make scrambled eggs, wrap, put that, make a sheet of breakfast sausage. Put your scrambled eggs down the middle, make a bacon weave, put all of it on the bacon weave, and then roll that thing up and smoke it. And then you can, you know, I made the, I put some extra stuff in the eggs to make them, you know, so they wouldn't get dry and turn into like cafeteria eggs being twice cooked, you know, so they were, and there, there may have been a little cheese in there and the, the breakfast sausage may have, you know, I, most people do one pound and I figured, you know, Let's just go ahead and do two pounds. Let's not let's not uh, skip here. Uh, so it, it's a lot of fun. You can dress it up, dress it down. Like I said, you can, you know, you can almost. I thought about doing one for the tailgate and do just making like a two like six footers. Oh my god! Because uh, that, that's just what I could fit on the pit. But I uh, I didn't end up having the. I just did not want to invest the time making that many bacon weaves. Yeah, like. Uh... You know, you've heard of the what the six foot subs or whatever. It's yeah, like, it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's a whole different level. Yeah, exactly. That, that bacon weave is is a work of art. 
absolute work of art. I got mesmerized watching you do that. So. Yeah, you know, if I could have taken underwater basket weaving at Baylor, I might have because I might it might increase my time on uh, making those bacon weaves. Well, it, it was impressive nonetheless. And one thing I love about watching your videos is you make it look easy, but the execution is is perfection. That's that's the tough part, I feel like. So uh, you're doing an excellent job. I love tuning in every week. And, uh, hey, keep it going, man. I'm, I'm enjoying the videos you're putting out. But let's talk some football here. We got a pretty interesting race here going on for the Big 12 Championship. Basically, we've got four teams left in it. You got TCU, Baylor, Kansas State, Texas. It's looking like TCU is pretty much a lock to get in and unless crazy right. things happen, you know, they lose three straight, which I don't imagine happening, but even then they could still end up in the big 12 championship losing three straight. So for purposes here, you know, TCU is a lock, but then Baylor, Kansas state, Texas, all sitting at four and two Baylor yeah. has got all three of those teams to finish the season. The gauntlet. Like my goodness. That's got to be the toughest remaining schedule in in the nation. Probably, but hey, this is when you this is when you're we're playing our best football. So this is when I want those guys, right? You know, I this, and it's a it's kind of the same thing every year. You, this is where you, you know, as a player, we'd look at the schedule and you'd like to see the schedule a little balanced. But I would much rather have a backloaded schedule than play play a bunch of you know I. As much as Bryles got criticized for the scheduling when he was there, it wasn't bad playing three cupcakes, getting six, <laughs> going six and zero real quick to start the conference, and already checking off the bowl eligible box. You know. Yep, get that behind you. Yeah, and hey, Baylor. It seemed uh, it seemed a little bleak to be honest after the West Virginia game <laughs> that we'd even make a bowl, and here we are on a three game win streak, bowl eligibility. We've got. I mean, the season is in our hands. It is right in front of us. All we have to do is win out, and we're in that Big 12 championship game. There is a possibility that if we lose to TCU, that we can still make it with crazy things happening. And the way the Big yeah. 12 is this year, I could certainly see some crazy things happening over this next I could season. see it happening, but I I did not go to a very prolific high school. And so my senior – we never made the playoffs uh, – my senior year, we had a we were in a four way tie for second, and we were the one team that didn't go. Uh, and so from then on, I've basically always never put any stock in it. Oh, there's crazy scenarios where you can get in. I'm like, it's not going to happen to my team. <laughs> I will always draw the short straw. So I I don't even want to hear those scenarios. Uh, you're not going to hear it from me because the plan I don't is know to win are. out. That's it. Yes, Take care yes. of business. That that is the plan. So, man, Kate, uh, luckily, two of those next three games are at home, finishing the year out at Texas. And Kansas State here is the only team, though, that does not control its own destiny. So they're going to have to win out and and hope for someone else um, to lose. So um, Kansas State played Texas yet? Kansas State just played Texas this past week. That weekend. was this game? Okay, yeah. so that's why they – that's yeah, why they don't to, control their destiny. Yeah, that was a huge game and and a huge win for Texas. And yeah. uh, was kind of shocked to see them actually pull out a uh, a second half lead. Finally, yeah. <laughs> seemed to uh, struggle with that a little bit. So yeah, Kansas State, Texas, and Texas, I think is uh, is starting to play their best ball of the year. I think uh, they're starting to figure some things out offensively. Um, I think Kansas State starting uh, Adrian Martinez, though, at quarterback was uh, 
beneficial for them. And I'm yeah, hoping no they're going to start Martinez against us, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah. I, and at least I, I would expect that even if he starts, that they probably throw a Will Howard in the mix against us at some point because I feel pretty pretty good about this Baylor defense shutting down Adrian Martinez. Makes, makes them kind of one-dimensional now. Yeah, I haven't watched a whole lot of Kansas State, to be honest. It's, it's one of those deals where I look up and I'm like, oh, Kansas State is good for, you know, it's kind of like, that's their mo, you know. They're like the sneaky good team. They're they're tough. They're disciplined. They do all the they do all like the little things right. They don't beat themselves, and so it's really easy to kind of write them off. Uh, but I do know that I would rather see Adrian Martinez. Oh, for sure, hundred percent. Will Howard seemed to have that offense humming a couple of weeks yeah. ago. I mean, it's now. to the point where that Kansas State coach is picking up a lot of uh, conversation and noise about you know, going to a more prolific school or more historic school. So yeah. 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 You're doing things right. Hey, you're always doing things right. Uh Baylor is uh is used to that. Baylor's definitely used to that with with rule and, and now with, <laughs> with Aranda too. So uh yeah, it, it, when people are trying to steal your coach, always a good thing. Right. It means you're you're in a good spot. But hey, Baylor, it's right there in front of us. Went out and we are we are back in Arlington as as crazy as that might have sounded um just three weeks ago so right. Baylor's on a roll we got that offensive line churning it is it is playing extremely well as they did on the road against OU a 38 to 35 win kind of eked it out there a uh, nice drive there in the fourth quarter to to kind of give us the go ahead I know Oh, you pulled there within within three, but third straight win for the Bears. Back-to-back wins versus OU. And Blake, there's only three teams, three teams since 2010 that have beat OU in back-to-back years. Baylor, who are the other two? Who are your who are your guesses? Um I guess Texas, I believe Texas won last year in the Red River rivalry. And uh all right, so Texas is your first guess. Yeah, I got and Texas Baylor. There's one other team, right? There's there is one other. There is a uh, there is a team. Yes, <laughs> without be, giving you the answer, it it could be a duplicate. How many years are we talking? Since In the last how many years? Twenty ten. Twenty ten. So is it Baylor again? Yes. As a throwback? Yes. Baylor twice. So Baylor 2013, 2014, and then just now 2021, 20, 2022. And actually Texas okay. last year lost to OU, but they were ahead by like 21 points in like right. the first half. And they just, yeah, yeah, they, they blew it big time. But the other team, Kansas State, Kansas State. And hey, Kansas State and Baylor coming up this weekend. Oh, excuse me. And hey, before we get any, any more deeper into this game, we got to talk about that broadcast. Like, God, how <laughs> terrible is that? I don't know if you had the audio on that for the full game, but oh my gosh. I, I honestly didn't even listen to the audio. I uh, You're better off for it. You know, I, I'm usually like kind of, if I'm at home like that, I'm usually kind of cooking and doing other things. I saw on Twitter, everyone was lighting up the audio and I'm like, you know, I just, I feel so like, I don't know. I, there's, I feel like there's way more announcers in NFL, college, whatever sport. I feel like there's way more announcers that I don't like than I do. Oh, for so sure. So at a certain point, it's like I'd rather just have the game like on mute and like 
have conversation going or just have it real low. So I'm not really paying attention to the announcers. I'm focused on the game, but I have yeah. to be careful. Cause if I, if I get too drawn in, I get so locked yeah. in the games and it's like, <laughs> you know, I have to it's like work off strategy, steam. Like you're going to get worked up and, and, and too much into the game as a former player, which, which I can understand. And, you know, look, we, we had a bad broadcast with, with Texas State, but, you know, that was understandable. It was students, <laughs> yeah. but, like, this was a legit, like, ESPN crew. Yeah, I mean, Ryan these, people are, these people are making money. I think, yes, that's exactly right. Like, They're getting paid. Yes, exactly right. And, uh, man, the the they were so pro-OU. felt like every time OU scored, they were going nuts. Every time Baylor scored, it was like, oh, yeah, and that's another Baylor touchdown. Good for right. them. You know, golf clap, whatever. Um I think at one point she called Dave Aranda philosophical. Haven't heard that word before, yeah. but uh, going to have to add that to the dictionary. And then my one of one of my favorites was uh, she said, "Oh, they're going to go for it on third and eight. Yeah, teams go for <laughs> what a, first down. On what third a line! Down. What a line! <laughs> Imagine oh. what would happen if you punted in that situation. <laughs> what would we do without you? I mean, God, we 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 didn't know if Baylor was going to punt on that third down. So. uh, yeah, man, that broadcast uh, left a lot to be desired. I think, you know, at one at one point, the yellow first down marker was completely diagonal. Across yeah, the I did see that. It was kind of like, oh, let's just throw a screen pass real quick, get half a yard, but it'll be a first down. Oh, man. But, yeah, it, it just seems like, uh, hey, if we're going to get a game on ESPN+, Plus, let's just set our expectations very low because it seems like uh, the broadcast is not going to be great, even even with a legit crew, like you said. Like, he's yeah, you know, money. like come on now. Still, still working out the kinks, I guess. Week, what, eight, nine, ten? No, yeah, week nine. Still working out the kinks, but I guess it's week ten counting the bye week. Uh, Hopefully they get it together by the end of the year, you know. <laughs> they got three more games. Yeah, I'm not we'll surprised. I'm not surprised about the pro OU, you know, bias, yeah. right? Yeah. You're talking about just from, a, as in, from an outsider perspective, someone who hasn't lived in the Big 12 Conference, you know, all you know is that OU is – been running the conference right OU and Texas are leaving to go to SEC uh and it's you know if you want to get put your conspiracy theory hat on you know the uh, ESPN which owns the Longhorn Network which covers you you know UT and OU are tied at the hip right they've lost a bunch of money on that they're leaving to go to the SEC anything to do with those two schools is going to be uh good publicity you know make made sure that it will be good publicity there will always be hype because those are such big markets. And when they're good, it's good for ESPN. It's good for the in investors. Right. So they're, uh, it never, never surprises me, but yeah. it's always kind of like, you know, you could tell when it's like someone who's living in the big, like people that uh, rate like the pack 12 or something over the big 12, as far as like when people kind of try to rate the conferences, it's like, that's a joke. The, that's a joke. I, I am so excited about the new Big 12 because Me the too. Big 12 right now is so competitive. Very. And, I mean, we're definitely, like, hurting ourselves. We're going to, you know, because the Big 12 is cannibalizing itself, right? And so we're definitely hurting, hurting ourselves and as far as, like, a, you know, national championship chances. But it is so fun from a week-to-week -week basis when everyone – is you know basically has a chance i love the fact that kansas is kind of a team now yes like it's not just a that's not just a check that one on you know yes that's homecoming every every year for 
half the teams in the league. I love that the teams coming in are all in that same mold of just yes. scrappy, pretty good every year. Like it's it's going to be so much fun. I would rather, you know, from a fan perspective now, I would rather watch that than, you know, basically be in the Big Ten or SEC boat of being like, well, we'll have two or three teams that are just so much better. Everyone's probably decent. We're going to have three teams. There might be one surprise every year, but we're going to have two to three teams that are just so much better than everyone else. Yep. And we're just going to hope that they don't screw it up and can make the natty. Yeah, there's no, no. Uh, Ohio State Rutgers games or uh, <laughs> Georgia versus Missouri. Uh, you know, you, you don't get that. And, yeah, it, it used to be Kansas. But, I mean, this year, we look, we lost to West Virginia. Tech yeah. beats West Virginia by like 30 and then yeah. we beat Tech by like 30. So like Yeah, dude, it's yeah, you just never I, know what's I going love happen. it. I love it. Me too. Because I, what right it's Because West Virginia's bad, you know, they're at the bottom this year, but it's not going to be forever just based on how tough it is to play yeah. in West Virginia at West Virginia. Yeah. And so that's it's I I'm excited about it. It'll be yeah. it'll be a lot of fun. I'm excited too. I'm excited to get those guys in here and I think we're getting two next year. And I'm excited to like that, that schedule drop is going to be like Christmas morning. I'm so yeah. excited to see who Baylor's going to play and all these new matchups. And yeah, I, I think like, man, you hit the nail on the head. Like these other teams are scrappy. They they've got a, a good geographic recruiting like region where they can kind of own yeah. it even more so now. So yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about the new, new big 12. Um, and hey, b- before we get too off the rails here, Let's talk about this OU game a little bit more. Yeah, let's three dig point into win, it. Three-point win here for, for Baylor. And, you know, I thought we played pretty well. I thought we played pretty well. I think we well. played better than the three-point differential. I agree. I, there was a few moments where we really, really could have put the game away right there before halftime, um, had a chance to go up 10, and then come back after half with the ball. Right. Um, and shape and throws that interception unfortunately there's a lot of young young team mistakes that are still happening uh but you know as as we've been we've alluded to we're still we're playing better every week right and the places on our team that are the strengths are becoming clear dominant strength every week not you know and so things are working together a lot better but there are definitely some moments where it's like come on we you know if you want to take that next step Yep. We need to start, you know, we need to limit – win the turnover battle. We can't, you know, can't have untimely turnovers and all that stuff. Yeah, and and penalties might have, uh, you know, started to shoot ourselves in the foot a little bit there in, in the second half with penalties kind of giving OU yards. Um, mm-hmm. Utley, Utley got ejected for, for punching the ball after the play. Um, he which, used to do that crap when he was on scout team. Oh, really? I mean, he Utley is always he got a scholarship because he gained 30 pounds and he was always the play to the memory of the whistle guy, not even the echo that he was just so annoying because you could you could block him 10 yards downfield and then he'd like the plays over and then he'd do some like swim rip and then sprint to the ball. And you're like, and it, it, you know, it annoys you. You respect it because he like he's definitely. He's getting better every week. He's also just the effort is phenomenal, but it's like we only got a couple of unfair like burying's from the offensive line when I was like a I guess shoot, he must have been a freshman when I was a senior. But uh I love that 
he actually he like was able to transition that not into just a scholarship but into a like like hat you know i don't know a significant role player sometimes yeah. a starter like guy, he's a guy you know and but, but yeah that, that that stuff like that it's like i saw that and i was like yeah I, I remember that from you know four years ago oh that's amazing he's like one of those guys where you hate to play against him but you're so glad he's on your team yeah yeah, yeah. Um, well, hey, got got the ground game rolling. Three straight weeks here that we've got the ground ground game rolling. 281 rushing yards, and most of those by our good old buddy, old pal, Craig Squirrel Williams, a career day for him. Um, let's see here. What did he go for? Before 192, this game, yeah. Yep, 192, two touchdowns on 25 carries, and actually before this game, this season, coming into the game, 43 carries for 209 yards and two touchdowns. So almost doubled up on yards. Right. And doubled up on touchdowns in one game. Yeah. And right there at the end of the game, that is that is just smart football. That's unselfish football mm-hmm. because he had a 50-yard touchdown oh, yeah. run and he slid down and he won us the game. And, I, and by God, I am glad he did so. Because oh, yeah. that I mean, that's, saved my blood pressure. <laughs> I mean, it, that is that is not only an unselfish and incredibly intelligent play, but that's also being coachable, and that speaks to the level of coaching because that that is something you know, situational football, right? We used to hound that. That's something you you go over it every year, you go over it every week, right? When uh, especially when we were with Rule, that is something we once we you know started winning games and we're you know every game is close right so you really spend a lot of time on situational football and you can't get every situation but you that might have been talked about like week three of training camp Mm. and the fact that something like that stuck that to where you can use it to put a game away that 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 will speak that will speak more volume when it comes to talking to potential nfl scouts or senior bowl type stuff or any of that stuff that will speak louder than the extra yards on your overall, you know, statue. Mm. Right. Yeah. So I, I, I love that squirrel is became the bell cow this week. I also love that we kind of have a stable back there, you know? We do. Yeah, we do. I mean, Richard Reese has been the bright spot of this team. I've talked about him at length on this podcast and I came into this game expecting another 25, 30 carry day from Richard Reese. Uh, he got uh, a little bit of the flu going on. He got a few mm-hmm. carries there in the first half, but looks like we just, we went with squirrel in that second half. And and I'm glad we did um, just from like a fan perspective of knowing what he's gone through here at the oh, Baylor, yeah. Baylor program, being injured so many years and, and this year being injured so many, so many games and, and to come out and have a career day on the road in Norman to get right. bowl eligible man, that is so awesome for him. So right. awesome. I, I love, yeah, exactly. I love that it happened to him, but I also love the fact that because you have such a, the offensive line is playing so strongly right now. Mm-hmm. You have a bunch of guys up there that you can, you can basically have a guy who's been the bell cow for the last month, get four carries and just say, you know what? You got the flu. Let's just, let, let's think about the rest of the season your future right here. You know, we don't need to, you know, we don't need to beat you up when we got several other guys 
right here, ready to go ripping. And it was, it was awesome. Yeah. That, that running back room is, is getting healthy and getting on a roll at the right time. And there's a big reason why, and it is that offensive line, uh, especially these last three games because of the insertion of Khalil Keith at mm-hmm. right tackle, like, Hey, you're the offensive line guru here. Like what has he brought to this team that we didn't have, you know, without him on the field? Khalil is probably one of the more explosive human beings I've ever been around, which is hilarious. If you knew him, like when he was a freshman, right? Cause <laughs> he was I like, I think he actually got diagnosed with like narcolepsy or something like he just could not stay awake. And he was just like, oh my gosh, oh, it was uh, it was it was to the point where it was like we were wor- wondering if Khalil was gonna like still be on the team because he was having trouble with, like with school and like coach you know he was always in trouble with coach rule and not because he was a bad guy it's because he would fall asleep and sleep through a workout or you know whatever right and somewhere I, something happened and uh, all of a sudden he has been a pillar of like mm. stability there right great athlete can play center. Or I mean, can play guard, can play tackle. Uh, I love seeing him come back off, you know, being injured for a good, a significant amount of time. And uh, his first game back, he hit a guy with a sweet uh, double hand slap, a guy with the, who was coming for a bull, uh, a long arm, double hand slap guys directly on the ground. That was something I never had the confidence to do because mm-hmm. I was just like, I'm not like if I miss because if you miss that, you're toast, right? You're like, throw it, you know, quarterback, get rid of it. But I, that was something I never had the confidence to do. The fact that he did it like on literally the second rush of the game, I was like, I love, I think that actually might have been, been against Tech if I remember correctly. But I was, so Khalil is explosive. He's really good in the run game and he's athletic enough and confident enough to make those kind of pass protection like nuanced plays that it just it gives you a lot of stability right Gavin Byers and even uh Tate I know Tate Williams was only was really more working in and garbage time but both of those guys are younger have a ton of upside a ton of effort but they're younger right you're gonna have like there's gonna be you know things just don't gel as much but this offensive line is experienced enough that they can rotate guys in still perform at a high level but there's no – can't really replace moving the line of scrimmage vertically, and Khalil gives you that. Yep, tough to do. Before his return, Baylor 1-2 and two in conference games, 32 points per game, 134 rushing yards per game, and our lead rusher was under 85 yards each game. Since Khalil Keith's return, Baylor 3-0, and 39.3 points per game, 261 rushing yards per game, and our lead rusher has had over 145 yards in each game. My goodness, like that is unreal. The switch that Khalil Keith gave this team, like, and it just seemed like as soon as he was back in the lineup, guys were kind of like looking to the left and the right, like, oh, here we go. Like, we're about to get this thing going now. It seemed like the confidence level just like bumped up that much more of this offense. Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and claim that Khalil's the sole reason it happened because there's definitely like, you know, there are definitely other factors coming into that, but 
he's he's definitely a big part of getting the run game rolling. And when you have the run game rolling, that makes the rest of the game so much easier because you're just reading off offensive stats. But also, I bet Baylor's time of possession has increased dr- drastically. That's less reps on your defense. Now you got uh, Ica and Jackson Player getting getting more rest time, so they can just dominate people in the middle. It it really has a much wider impact than uh, what the average fan will see. Yeah, big time. And look, Shapin didn't have to do too much this game, to be honest with you. 14 to 23, 132 yards, one interception, and no touchdowns. And for Baylor to pull out a win when Shapin really wasn't at his best, um, kind of had an off day, which, you know, is going to happen. But to be able to rely on the rush on the rush game is just huge for this team. It's a huge confidence boost. And I don't expect Shapin to have another game like that going through this year. But Shapin did make plays when it mattered. Uh, a big fourth down conversion there in the first half. And, look, he, he made the throws when we, when we needed them. And, uh, hey, he, he's going to have to make more these next three games. That's for sure. And I'm glad he kind of got his uh, below average, I guess, kind of game out of the way. Um, yeah, I would, I would love to see a little more like Ben Sims security blanket action because that guy is such a good, like such a good target, such a good, so, so reliable. I mean, like you, you've got a lot of like receivers uh, that have flashed, right. But with this run first, like, you know, RVO reliable, violent offense that we're really pushing, if, you know, where you're going to run the ball 40 times a game. I would love to see, like, let's get the tight end a little more involved. Uh, I think it could really help. Uh, and again, I'm not a I'm not a big quarterback guru or anything, but from a from an offensive lineman, you know, when you see the fullback and the tight end catching passes, it makes you makes you smile a little bit because the, those guys are blocking half the time too. So uh, I would I would love to see that like check down security blanket status kind of be elevated for him. Because he, the guy's a weapon as well. Oh, big time! Ben Sims is definitely a good security blanket to have. Always good for for a quarterback to have that option. Well, and, I feel like as a quarterback, that that really helps you build confidence, right? And so much yeah. about being quarterback is being confident. And if you can get easy, you know, ten yard completions reliably to your tight end, that's huge. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I, you know, I think OU defensively did a pretty good job of taking. Baylor's uh, boot game out of, out of the, yeah. uh, out of the equation. And, and that's a lot of Ben Sims catches right there for sure. And, right. but you know what, when you uh, commit that, def- de- that defensive end or linebacker, whoever it is to stopping the boot game, that's one less person you've gotten rush in right. a rush defense. And that opens up those cutbacks in the wide zone. As we saw squirrel Williams go for 192 yards. My goodness. Um, all right. This, this Baylor defense, uh, OU had more total yards than, than Baylor. Um, but I, I think what really hurt them there is obviously turnovers. The turnover battle is, is always going to be a dis- big deciding factor. And I think Baylor had a really good game plan. Uh, they played a lot of cover two with man underneath, kind of kept everything in front of them and, and tried to contain Gabriel and, and keep him in the pocket. First drive did not go well. Did not go well. <laughs> uh, lots of missed tackles, lots of, uh, you know, getting out of our lanes on, on rushes and, and letting Gabriel yeah. get out, which I thought we did a better job of as the game went on. But, man, that that first drive, uh, I was a little worried. 
was a little worried. I yeah. was like, oh man, here, here come the missed tackles. Here comes the, the Dylan Gabriel just going nuts on us. The, the thing that has driven me kind of crazy this whole year has been we'll get teams in a good third and long. I'll feel very confident. And, you know, and then provide really good pressure on a four-man rush mm. and then get beat on some scramble, scramble, big throw. Just it's giving me P, or a flash uh, PTSD flashbacks to when I played because that was the MO of uh, uh, the Phil Bennett defense. I, ben don't break, but giving up third, long third down conversions used to drive me insane. I remember the butt bowl when we played Patrick Mahomes and I feel like we had him in third and long most of that game and then he'd just run around and flick a 60 yard pass over a DB's head and it was just I think he had 700 yards uh that game and it was just so infuriating that just from my perspective because it's like oh third and long we're about we're putting our helmets on we're about to go back on the field we're thinking about scoring and then it's like all right we'll sit back down yeah uh man I, I I did think we improved tackling and containing as the game went on he ended the game with seven carries for 90 yards but you know what when we when he when we kept him in the pocket he made mistakes and he made some just very very bad throws just like yeah some throws i didn't i didn't really know what was going on in his head but three interceptions three interceptions by this baylor defense now now that's eight interceptions in the past two games two weeks yeah Yeah, that's that's wild that's that's also something that was such a big missing piece of this Baylor defense was turnovers. And mm-hmm. now we are first in the big 12 with 12 to- total interceptions. And Christian Morgan is tied for first in the big 12 with three interceptions. Right. So something severely missing were, were the turnovers. Now we've got eight interceptions in two games. What, what? That's what yeah. I'm hoping Adrian Martinez is going to play. Yeah. That, I, uh, you keep, if you keep putting up numbers like that and it's uh it's a very good sign, right? It's because it's not sustainable for anyone else to in a in a game. You know, I think the I can't remember the percentages now, but if you win the turnover battle and rush for over two hundred yards, I believe you have like a ninety-seven chance percent chance to win the game or something. something. Like it's because uh, just winning the turnover battle gives you a huge chance to win the game. But that used to all be a part of our plan to win uh, with Coach Rule, and it was like broken down by like percentage points of like if you. When, if you rush for over 200 yards and win the turnover battle, like just doing those two things gives you like an astronomical chance to win the game. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I agree getting, cause we we've been getting good pass rush all year. We've been doing the tackling has been kind of hit or miss. Uh, and honestly, I was surprised that we came out kind of a little slow, like we did against yeah. OU. I was wondering if, you know, it might just be like the, you know, playing at OU, you know, a lot of guys, maybe their first time there, but the OU crowd wasn't really in it. You know, they, that was definitely not a uh, sellout. No, not uh, anywhere close. Not anywhere close. You know, maybe it was a bunch of guys that were, you know, messed up from the OU locker room situation because they do have the worst locker room in the Big 12. <laughs> well, it's an old stadium, man. I think they still got well, the troughs in the bathroom. Well, that's the bathroom is one. Uh, it's two. Uh, it's one. It's two crappers, and it's directly in the middle of the uh, of the locker room, and the seal and like the walls are only 
like six, seven foot high. So you get off the bus and you have 90 dudes you got to go take a dump. And then it's like a three hour line till everyone can take their dump. And then you just sit there and smell 90 dumps and two toilets for, you know, the next six hours. So, and the locker room is pink. And so uh, like, it, it's, it's so, it's so bad. Honestly, I applaud it, but I do remember like, you know, the, the pregame rituals were, uh, had to be adjusted, uh, for that whenever we played at OU. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, that is not where I expected this conversation to go, but I love it. <laughs> um, all right. Let's give John Mayers a shout out here on special teams, 49 yard field goal, 49 yard field goal, which, which, Hey man, field field goals were not great to start this year. We made a change. Credit John to John Mayer wasn't kicking him. Yeah, no, he wasn't. And it's a good thing we made the change. It is a good thing we made the change. Um, glad he stuck around and, and fought through it. Uh, being benched by a by a freshman um, right. is sometimes a tough pill to swallow. And I'm glad he, he hung around. 49-yard field goal, which kind of ended up being the difference in the game. Had a 48-yarder versus Tech last week. And he is 6 of 6 on the year and 4 for 4 with field goals between 40 to 49 yards. I have a documented rocky relationship with most of the kickers I've uh, played with, but John Mayers was there when I was there and guy was a, you know, pretty far down the depth chart, even when, when I was there, but it's like to be a kicker, you have to have be so mentally tough mm. because you'll, you know, you'll get your roses right here in moments like this when you step up and come through for the team. But then it's like in the off season, you know, you, you will go through things where it's like, yeah, you'll give you, you'll be benched for a freshman, you know, mm -hmm. and then you, you have to ride that out and you just show up every day. You'd be a good teammate. You, uh, and you kick balls and eventually like you have to be ready for your time. And uh, I'm pumped that the season is that a, he's kind of fallen right back into it and he's done well because he's been a guy that's been at Baylor for a long time didn't come in as, as a scholarship guy, you know, all that, all that stuff. So he's a, uh, I, I met his dad at a tailgate earlier this year when he wasn't playing mm. and they, you know, still like, just, uh, it was just like, you know, he, I've met it. I guess I've met his mom and his dad uh, through different deals comes from a great family, just good people. And uh, I love seeing someone's like hard work and then dedication pay off. Yep. It's a good story. Yep. Certainly paying off for us, and uh, you know, hey, wins and losses might be a little bit different had our had yeah, our I do been, been a little bit better. I do love not hating the kicker. It's a nice feeling to uh, to trot when the when the field goal kicker trots out there, and you're and you're you're feeling confident. It is yeah. it is uh it is nice it is nice. I used to get in trouble for yelling at the kicker when for missing an easy one and being like, I just got hit by two 300 pounders at the same time right here either side of my head for you to shank that 30 yard field goal all you had to do is kick this pigskin and not that i could do it but uh <laughs> i figure someone should uh well hey john mayers we love you and your leg is a wonderland Let's talk a little oh-so-good player of the game, and I bet you guys know who it is. It is our very own Craig Squirrel Williams. 25 carries, 192 yards on the ground, rushing two touchdowns. And maybe, 
the most important thing he's done for us all season in kneeling the ball when he had a clear touchdown to put the Bears up 10. But what an unselfish play. And, uh, man, gotta love us some Squirrel Williams. Gotta love us some Squirrel Williams. Honorable mention, Josh Cameron, his best day as a Baylor Bear. Five receptions, 72 yards. And Dylan Doyle. I thought Doyle played really, really good for us today. Led the team with 15 tackles and had the one interception. And, of course, all the time he gets there on the offense as a fullback. But, hey, Squirrel Williams, your oh-so-good player of the game. Kansas State. Kansas State lost to UT last week, 34-27. to Almost made the comeback. Almost made the comeback. Adrian Martinez started and finished the game for Kansas State. Hoping that's going to be uh, what they do this weekend. Because honestly, I think they should have started Will Howard. And I think they should start Will Howard against us. Uh, Adrian Martinez, I think, just makes their, their team a little bit too one-dimensional. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's going to kind of be like Dylan Gabriel where, where if we can keep Martinez in the pocket and stay in our lane and our rush lanes, uh, provide a little bit of pressure that he's going to give us, give us the ball or he's going to throw it into the dirt. One of the two. And so if that is the case, what this game kind of comes down to it to, to me is can we contain Deuce Vaughn? Cause that guy is just on a different level. He is the offense for Kansas state. What was uh, Will Howard's injury? He, uh, Will Howard is not injured. I thought it, I thought that's why he didn't start. No. Uh, Martinez was just hurt last week. And I don't think Howard's hurt. I think they just went with Martinez. Wow. Yeah. I, same reaction when, for me. Wow. Yeah. I, I just, I did not dig into it, but I just assumed Will Howard was hurt. No, they just decided to go with Martinez. I don't know why. I really don't. Well, I hope they keep that uh, keep that same energy. But uh, agreed. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Deuce Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn is a guy. You know, it's kind of it. I feel like this game is going to be very. Uh, it's going to be very similar, right? Because Kansas State is going to try to run the ball. We're going to try to run the ball. Texas is definitely going to try to run the ball using their bell cow, right? Uh, so it's like you're about to have two games that are very similar and they're going to be playing a somewhat similar style of football to what the offense we're running. It's not the same schematic, but the, uh, the kind of the same mentality of we're going to run first. We're going to pound you. We're going to have a bell cow running back and we're going to try to win the time of possession is going to be there. So it's really going to be a, it's going to be state, you know, statement game after statement game of, well, who's going to do it better. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's kind of the general feeling I have about Kansas State. Fast, physical, disciplined. I think this is going to be the best offensive line we face this year. And so I'm really interested to see what our defensive game plan is going to be coming into this game. Do we play a little bit more cover one and bring that safety down in run support? Do we because because what I expect Kansas State to do is to try to establish the run with Deuce Vaughn. Right. And if they can't do that, 
then they're going to try to get Deuce Vaughn matched up on a Dylan Doyle or a Matt Jones and right. take advantage of us in the passing game. That that is the whole offensive game plan for me to for K State. Right. Yeah, I uh, I definitely think that we're gonna play more conservative in the first half because we again huge second half adjustment team, right? Mm-hmm. And so. I, but I, I think your takes are spot on right there because Deuce Vaughn is a problem. And the more they can get him the ball in space on mismatches, the, the happier they're going to be, right? They're going to run the ball a lot with him. They're going to run the ball a lot with the quarterback, yep. uh, no matter who's back there, right? And so I, uh, I can see bringing the safety down in, uh, in run support, but – I don't know. It'll it'll be interesting. I uh, I do think that we'll be fairly conservative to start the game, though, because that's that's kind of how we always come off to me as a we're going to have a game plan, but we're definitely going to feel them out. And then the second half, we're going to be most people are going to be pretty happy with the defense. Oh, yeah, because I mean, that that's ideal right there. Like come out with two high safeties and right. stop the run, which Baylor can do with with right. the pieces they have. And look if Martinez is in the game, I feel even more confident in, in being able to stop the run um, with those two safeties. Um, Cause that guy's not going to beat us with his arm. He's just not like he's shown that he can't do it. So he's not going to do it. And this Baylor defense, man, eight interceptions the last two games, we're going to get some, we are going to get some this game. Yeah. Please, th- please throw the ball up because I, uh, I feel I just feel so confident in our D line, honestly, to provide a good pass rush on a four man pass rush. And when you can do that, that means that they're probably also pretty good at stopping the run with, you know, you're at least plug, plugging up holes. Right. So I, I expect the linebackers to really have a have a strong day in the run game, run support. And then, yeah, if we can if we can get to the get to Adrian Martinez and not hopefully Adrian Martinez and not let him kind of get out of the pocket, just yep. scramble, break down everything. Then I think we'll be in a good spot. And that was, that was the name of the game last week. It'll be the name of the game this week. hundred percent. And for Baylor on offense, I think kind of the same game plan here is to control the, the line of scrimmage, control the time of possession, get that rush game going. And we have the advantage at quarterback. I 100% believe that. And so once we get that ground game going, I think Shaven's going to show up in a big way this game. I think we get a big, uh, a long touchdown this game. Hopefully Baldwin is back. But you know, right. I just go back to our running backs are playing the best that they've played all year, all three of them at the same time. And we are going to rely on them more so than ever this game. Would I would love to see like each of them get like 12, 15 carries. Yep. But on it, it would it would be interesting just from a fan perspective if this game actually came down to like the a quarterback like face off. <laughs> like the you know, your quarterback is gonna have to win you the game versus like a run game and good defense and generating turnovers. I think that would be uh because I, I I like Blake. I think I feel very confident in Blake shaping. And our offensive play calling, but I definitely think 
it would be it would be fun to watch. And I also think if it comes down to that, it would be a huge confidence boost for Blake, like at the end of the day, to say, you know, we engineered this drive. I'm better, I'm better than Adrian Martinez. Uh, you know, we're winning this game because of me, not because we rushed the ball 72 times, you know. Yeah. But hey, if if we're bussing out four, five, right. six yards per carry, then we, we better right. run it, the ball. If it ain't times. if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> That's exactly right. I just think it would be a it would be a fun change of uh not a change of pace, but it would be funny if that's actually what it wound up. You know, both similar teams trying to stop each other from doing what they want to do. It yeah. comes down to a quarterback challenge. Yeah, man, that that'd be a fun game to watch, and and definitely one that we're uh yeah Baylor would definitely have the upper hand. Um, who wins? Uh, I'd say Bears. Uh, it's gonna be. It's not gonna be. I doubt it's gonna be a two score game though. Yeah. I would, I would say it'll, you know, if I was going to put the line or something, I'd say like four and a half or five points or something like that. Hey, that's exactly what the, what the line opened up as five, oh, is point, it? five point favorite for Baylor. There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of right there with you. Um, I'm feeling good about where Baylor's at. I'm feeling less good about where I thought Kansas state was at, especially after that that loss last week and i'm right. gonna feel even better if uh hey i'm gonna say it again if they trot adrian martinez out there at quarterback i'm feeling good about about the bears chances and defense yeah, I mean, is they, coming on they did let texas run for 270 on them right <sighs> so like that that doesn't that doesn't make me feel bad no no not at all and, and i'm i'm sure they're talking about that all this week on that offensive line um just just chomping at the bits to get out there and and see what they can do against this uh this good Kansas State team but hey yeah it Connor, is going... Connor sent me a, a video of them getting like a seven yard pile push against OU and I was like yep yeah I bet the thing they're most pissed about is that they didn't get squirrel 200 but mm-hmm. you know we could add it but re- you know re- you oh, gotta res- gotta gotta respect the game though <laughs> gotta respect that play that's for sure that is for sure Blake any last thoughts for us? Um, honestly, Baylor Nation, you guys are going to have to hold it down for me this week. I will probably not be able to watch the game. I'll be in Israel for work. So I will be, uh, in a way different. Yeah. I got to go to Israel for work and they work like their work week starts on, uh, Sunday. So they, cause their Sabbath is Friday or no, their Sabbath is Saturday. And so, uh, I have to like leave Friday to get out there to work Sunday. And so all day Saturday, I'm basically going to be like jet lagged. And, and then I'm like, I can't even know if I can get the game in Israel. <laughs> so, uh, so I, I'll be keeping up on my phone, but that's the, that's the, that's the extent of it. So uh, I uh, overall though, I'm pumped about where the team's at. I'm pumped about the future of the big 12. Uh Let's send this veteran offensive line off right, get another 250-yard rushing game under the belt, pound them, RVO offense, and, uh, hey, let's, uh, let's, let's get another Big 12 championship. Let's do it. Why not? We're right there. Why not? You know, why not? Well, hey, safe travels to Israel. Uh, we're going to be thinking about you. I'll, I'll drink a beer for you, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Check out Blackmore Barbecue on YouTube. 
subscribe to the channel, like all the videos, comment on how much you love Blake's barbecue and everything that he does. And uh, Blake, man, we, we appreciate you being on every year and, and being a friend of this podcast and, and taking the time out to come and talk to us. And uh, hey, sick and bears. Sick and bears. Bear necessities. Bear necessities versus the Kansas State Wildcats. Number one, disciplined tackling. It is something we've been up and down on all year. That first drive against OU was not great, but it, it improved as the game went on. And I think more importantly than any other game this year is going to be disciplined tackling making the tackle with the first guy and letting the rest of the team kind of corral around them and and tackle as a team as well. Deuce Vaughn is a huge, huge weapon for Kansas State. He's basically their entire offense, so we've got to have disciplined tackling, which brings me to bare necessity. Number two, we've got to limit Deuce Vaughn. I expect the Kansas State offense to have a game plan coming in of getting Deuce Vaughn the ball, whether it be rushing, whether it be passing, and I expect to see them try to get Deuce lined up with a linebacker so he can go one-on-one, and look, he's going to win that matchup if it happens, so it'll be interesting to see what Baylor defense does, but hey, we've got to practice discipline tackling while limiting Deuce Vaughn, and third, I am hoping they're going to play Adrian Martinez. We've got to keep him in the pocket. His number one Uh, Most important aspect of his game is his rushing ability. We have not been great on uh, containing the quarterback this year. So Martinez is excellent with his legs. We've got to get a pass rush while also staying in our pass rush lanes. Game prediction. Yes, what is your game prediction? I will tell you right now. All right, so coming into the year, I pretty much thought that when Kansas State came to Waco, it was going to be a deciding game in who goes to that Big 12 championship game. And it looked bleak for Baylor, but here we are. The Wildcats coming to Waco, Texas, and Baylor's got to win out. Look, like, yeah, other things can happen if, if maybe we drop a game, but like, simply put, we just have to win out to get into that Big 12 championship game and Kansas State coming into this game six and three and four and two in conference they're number 23 in the nation how they rank in the big 12 ninth in scoring offense but second in scoring defense eighth in total offense but third in rushing offense they're third in total defense but sixth in rushing defense so as you can see that defense is a, a a big part of their game, and it is definitely the strength of the team. They are first in sacks in the Big 12. They've got 23 on the year, and the Big 12 sack leader, Felix Anudike Uzoma, has seven sacks. And this Baylor defense is going to have to stop the run, and they're going to have to watch for the misdirection. I, ex- I expect the misdirection to be a lot more 
in this game, especially if Adrian Martinez plays. And this is by far the best team Baylor will have faced this year, pretty much like across the board. Special teams, offense, defense, this Kansas State team is very, very good. It will be interesting to see what they do at quarterback. But, man, either way, Deuce Vaughn is the key to this game for Kansas State. And stopping Deuce Vaughn is the key for Baylor's defense. Interested to see what the game plan is going to be with him. I do think Kansas State is going to find mismatches for Deuce Vaughn. I think Martinez gets out of the pocket for a few critical runs and makes plays for them. But ultimately, I think Baylor ekes this one out at home after a long-fought battle in a night game at McLean Stadium. And when I say ekes this one out, I mean literally by the skin of their teeth. Baylor wins 28-27. to Big 12 pick them. And right now, after last week, I went five and four. So I'm sitting at 27, 28, and two. One game under 500. So uh, running out of time here. But hey, I'm hopeful that I can get uh, above 500. You know, that's the goal, right? It's always the goal. Always the goal. All right. So where I was right last week, BU at OU, Baylor 138 to 35. OU minus. Three and a half points was the line. I had BU, so we're, we we got a win there. Tech at number seven, TCU. And Tech put up a really good fight. I uh, thought they really had a chance to win this game before Morton went down at quarterback. TCU pulled away with a 10-point win, and the line was TCU minus nine and a half. So barely won that one there by a half point. Number 18, Oklahoma State visited Kansas. And Oklahoma State just like has so many injuries right now. So many injuries including Spencer Sanders, was a huge reason that Kansas beat them 37-16. to And I had Kansas plus two points, so I got the win there. And Kansas is uh, rallying again, I feel like. And I, I think they're going to end this year strong. They are bowl eligible with three games left. That is wild. I thought they'd be a lot better, but did not think they would be this much better. So, hey, rock chalk. Rock chalk. Let's see, where else was I right? Number number 25, UCF at Memphis. I had UCF minus three and a half points. They won by seven. And then Navy at Cincinnati. Cincinnati minus 19 and a half points. And I took Navy because that is a lot of points since he ended up winning by 10. So I won there. But where I was wrong, West Virginia at Iowa State. I chose West Virginia plus seven points. They lost by 17. Number 24, UT at Kansas State, who was number 13 at the time. I chose Kansas State plus the points at home and lost. That was a huge, huge win for Texas on the road, 34-27. to 27. And, hey, that's the reason we have a three-way tie now uh, for that second-place spot in the Big 12 in the Big 12 championship game. Houston at SMU, and this was an absolute crazy and awesomely fun game. 77-63. to Whew! I believe they said that is the highest scoring FBS game in regulation. And hey, Baylor fans know 
what a game like that feels like to lose as we did kind of a similar thing against West Virginia. I don't know the final score of that game, but it was uh, it was very close to this score. But SMU pulled it out 77 to 63. My goodness. I had Houston plus three. They didn't cover that. And then uh, BYU at Boise State. I, cho- I chose Boise State because BYU was reeling. And BYU ended up winning this game 31 to 28. So, hey, got to do better this week. BYU is off. But here we go. Number 23, Kansas State at Baylor. Baylor is favored by three. And look, guys, I think we're going to win. I don't think it's going to be by three points. So I'm going with Kansas State here. OU at West Virginia. OU favored by eight points. And I'm going to take OU. Not sure if West Virginia has much to play for for the remainder of the year. OU needs to get bowl eligible. Iowa State at number 18, Oklahoma State. Iowa State favored by one. And I just have a really hard time picking Iowa State on the road. So I'm going to take Oklahoma State plus the point at home, um, even with the injuries. Kansas at Tech. Tech is favored by four points. And look, I think Kansas has got this thing rolling again. Maybe their quarterback will be back, but I think Jason Bean is playing well as well. So you know what? Give me Kansas plus four points. Number seven, TCU at number 24, UT. And look, guys, I know we all hate TCU. I hate them too. And I also hate Texas. We hate both of these teams. Okay. But if Baylor needs to, if Baylor's going to get in the Big 12 championship, we kind of need TCU to win this game. I know we need to win out, but we need TCU to win this game. It would help our chances immensely. And UT is favored by seven points at home. So I'm taking TCU plus the points. Yeah, plus the points. East Carolina at Cincinnati. Cincinnati, minus five points. Give me East Carolina. I think they're playing pretty well. Temple at Houston. Temple is no good. They are no good at all. Houston has a high-flying offense. They are favored by 20 points. I know that's a lot of points, but I'm going to take Houston, minus 20 points at home. And then number 25, UCF at number 19, Tulane. Ha, yeah. Didn't see those two teams being ranked in a matchup this late in the year. Tulane is favored by two points, and I'm going to take the home team in Tulane. Thanks again to Blake Blackmar for joining. Please bear with me and bearing with us this week. Hope to see everyone at McLean Stadium. We are going to need you. We need the best home field advantage this weekend in Waco, and we need to follow that up next weekend with an even better appearance by the crowd and will this Baylor team to a win I'm expecting a really really good atmosphere now with the Bears on a roll winning three straight big 12 title still in our grasp we can do it I believe in us get out to McLean Stadium a night game gonna be exciting gonna be a good time and hey we'll see what happens this is Travis Corley saying, stay safe and sick Bears. The Please Bear With Me podcast was created by Scotty Swingler, is hosted and produced by Travis Corley in affiliation with 247 Sports and Bears Illustrated.